0: season sports fan teams up with a millennial opinions may vary but the debates assuredly won't disappoint check your sources it's the report old report here's your hosts john lund and al renato well al another exciting week in athletics the national champion has been crowned in college football. The stage is set for the wild card rounds of the National Football League postseason. Comings and goings in Major League Baseball, and things continue to heat up in the NBA. But we never know what's going to happen when we last leave you guys and return week by week. What will go on? What the news will be? What breaking things will happen? And in a 24-hour period, we had some of the most breaking and important head coaching news in football history happen in two separate sports with three different teams and three future Hall of Famers, either getting let go or deciding to step away. Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks, Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots, And Nick Saban, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide and perhaps the greatest college football coach to ever live. Quite the slur of news. And of course, quickly from, I can't believe this is happening to, well, who's next? At least in the case for Alabama football, as we do as a society. Just want to remind everybody that's listening. Coach Saban, Coach Belichick, Coach Carroll are indeed in good health and well standing. You may have seen some pictures going around of folks in front of the Nick Saban statue at the stadium putting candles and cupcakes and Coke bottles in front of Coach's statue like he's passed away. He's still alive. In fact, he'll be getting an office at the stadium and just moving places where you can just walk up to him and hand him those cupcakes if you'd like. Oatmeal cream pies from the Little Debbie side. One of his favorites. Morning. People screaming in front of the statue, not Dabo Sweeney. People calling into Paul Feinbaum screaming, not Dabo Sweeney. So we're already on the train of checking flight patterns and who's going to be the next successor of Nick Saban. And I guess because of that, that carrying the most weight in the college football community, no question who's next at Bama, we can start with now looking at the legacy of coach Saban, what he meant to Alabama, what he meant to the sport overall, where he goes from here, trying to keep involved in said sport based on some comments that he made today to Reese Davis. It appears like he would love to continue to have some sort of say in college football, if he can, I don't think he'll go very far, but taking a step back as a college football fan myself, somebody that doesn't necessarily hate Alabama because I don't have a living and dying interest with another college football team, but for people that do, I can understand where today is a happy day in some senses and where you don't have to worry about Alabama kicking your ass every year, but for somebody that Enjoys the sport and watching the sport and enjoys greatness. Of course, you're a little saddened that he's not going to be around anymore because he's the guy to beat. But at the same time, 72 years old. Let's maybe normalize being able to retire, spend some time with your family. Especially when you've got a resume like that. So a ton to get into with all three of those names. And of course, it feels like the national championship game, which was going to be our main discussion. And will Jim Harbaugh go to the national football league? Who will take over Michigan? That seems like it's months ago at this point. So taking a look at Nick Saban to get started out, what were your thoughts on his decision to say goodbye to Alabama, the timing of it all, and what his impact has been? on a sport that he's been a part of for so many decades now.
1: Well, Johnny, greetings. and great to be with our our fans and friends once again, and just an extraordinary couple days. The sports earth has shaken. It's as simple as that. Um, I I was not shocked when Coach Sable uh, announced the news. Surprised, yes, not shocked. Because of his age, because of what's transpiring, as you know much more than I, since you are uh, running a show that is focused on college sports, but what has become of major college football, basketball, with the NIL and the transfer portal, and the constant musical chairs, you basically have to recruit your re-recruit your own team every year. And he's 72, and I've read some of his comments, and he was honest. He said, I'm 72. This is not getting easier. It's harder for me now than when I was 62. And it's only going to get harder. There's a great deal that has to be done to do this job. And if I don't feel I have it in me or it's getting harder and harder for me to do what's necessary to do it, then it's time for me to go. And unlike those before him, he is doing so on top. Did they win the national title? No, but they went to the final four. They went to overtime against the eventual national champ. He had a great season. By all accounts, one of his best coaching jobs we've seen. And he goes out in great health, in great shape, with his smile, with his looks, with his hair. It's a great way to go. We saw what happened to Coach Bowden down at the end where he was a shadow of himself. And obviously, you know, it was terrible what happened to Joe Paterno and Bear Bryant the way they ended. And were gone shortly thereafter. Coach Saban's got a lot of time left. And a lot of time for us to see him and a lot of time to be on camera talking about football and breaking down games. And I said this morning with Adam Schein and tonight with Mr. T, Steve Torrey, don't be surprised if you see him on game day as a regular, uh, eventually stepping into the shoes of Coach Corso, who's going to have to retire in the not too distant future, because I believe, as we discussed earlier, he's 88. And it's the natural succession. And whenever you see him on, he's camera-friendly. He's got a great sense of humor. Who better to break down a game? It's much better than watching Urban Meyer, who's like listening and watching paint dry. He has the personality of of, a doorknob. Coach Saban is made for this. And it'll keep him close to the game. And he's a fun guy. He's got a great sense of humor. He's fun to listen to. And I think it'll be perfect for him. I think it'll be great for ratings. It keeps him close to the game. Who better to get ideas from in terms of opinions on teams, games, coaches, et cetera? And it'll allow him to enjoy retirement to some degree, where he doesn't have that kind of long work day and the constant travel and the recruiting and the re-recruiting, which has nothing to do with coaching. And he was there at 7 o'clock this morning, 7:30 this morning, working on whatever he can do to keep the ball rolling for Alabama. And obviously the next step is his successor, whoever it may be, whether it's, you know, you said no, no Debo. Please no Debo. Maybe the Oregon coach has already taken his name out of the running. We have the Washington coach. Obviously, we always have Lane Kiffin as an alternative. Of course, who's always a possibility for any major job that's better than what he's got. So, who knows? Anybody on the staff currently? Probably not. You know, I think it'll be a current head coach, obviously, somewhere in you know with with a big time job currently. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But the Oregon coach. Who's was everybody's uh, early favorite because he was an assistant there. He's taken his name out of the run. He's happy to Alabama. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's obviously a seismic day in college football. And remember, the job just wasn't getting harder in terms of everything that is involved with the portal and NIL. But obviously, as everybody knows, the playoff is coming next year the 12 team. If you're not in the top four, you have to win four games. If you're in the top four where you get the bye, you just have to win three games, quarterfinal, semi and final. So it's getting harder and harder to win a national title. He's won six at Alabama alone and the one he won at LSU in a very short period of time. He's done extraordinary things at Alabama. The number of first round draft picks that have gone on to play in the NFL, and in general in the NFL, but just the number of first-round draft picks alone. He has is, he is simply been uncanny in his success. Year after year after year. And he, remember, he does it, and you do it in college with changed players. Unlike Coach Belichick, you don't have Tom Brady the whole time. You've done it with a series of quarterbacks and continued to recruit and put these guys into the NFL as quarterbacks, as running backs, as receivers, as edge rushers, offensive and defensive line, defensive, secondary, all aspects. He is he's been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, I, I throwing best ever around is always difficult to do because it goes in, in terms of generations and times change. I mean, you can say he's a better coach than Newton, Rock, new Rock and how, how are we going to know that? But it, there's never been a better college football coach in my lifetime. It's the best way I can put it. And there have been so many great ones, whether it's Pear Bryant or Paterno, right, or Barry Switzer or Bowden, or Jimmy Johnson for a short time. You know, just to name a few. Pete Carroll was terrific. John McKay, fabulous. You know, Tom Osborne. These are all legends. And he is probably because of the success in a relatively short period of time. He probably has to go down in terms of modern day, you know, as the greatest Division I college football coach of all time. I think it's important also that he did win a national title somewhere else. You know, he wanted LSU before he went to Michigan.
0: Right. And in a different era, playoff-wise and no NIL and that state of football.
1: it's it, it truly is extraordinary. And he is unlike the others. He is leaving absolutely positively on top. You know, Barry Switzer went to the NFL. So he he left on top. John McKay went to the NFL and became the first coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he left college football on top. And remember, they did not go back to college football. So they left college football on top, but they continued to coach. Pete Carroll left on top, but continued to coach. He's not coaching anymore. Jimmy Johnson left on top, continued to coach at the next level. He's done. We know he's done not going to the NFL in '72, it's '72. He tried that once, <clears throat> and he's not going anywhere else in college football. So he retires at the absolute top of his profession, as arguably and certainly, in my opinion, the best college coach in terms of success. And again, it's it's generational. So you know, it, it, it's different times. It's different styles of play. It's different different levels of Recruiting and uh, NIL having a a new, huge, sudden impact and the transfer portal. But, and that's very recent. But before that, when it was still still relatively normal, he was the top of the heap. Now it's changed. He's still at the top of the heap. Did he win a national title the last couple of years? No. But, you know, he's in the final four. So it's, it's, you know, look, it's, I, I, the best analogy I can have is it's, it's a very similar, uh, success level as coach K. You know that better than me because you're the Duke fanatic, but if you look at the number of national titles, the number of final fours always competing to go to the final four, uh, you know, or for a national title, he did it all at Duke. Um,
0: Down years are most teams' best years.
1: Coach Saban got the one at LSU you know, after he was at Michigan State, and then the rest at Alabama. So their careers really kind of run a, a, a parallel uh, course in terms of you know the success at one school, the time frame, the number of championships, uh, the number of opportunities for championships. You know, it, it really is similar and you know coach K went out you're, you're pretty much on top so um and he's not going anywhere still around the game and I think Sabin still has a joy for the game but I also think he has great pride and sure an ego but I think the pride aspect of it is what says okay step back stand back Look what I've accomplished. Look how hard it's going to be for me to continue to accomplish it at this level. Andy's 72 with a wife he's been with for half a century. And if he wants to enjoy retirement. He, he likes the warm weather. You see him on his boat. And it's time. And it's a great decision for him. You know, some people are like, they're pissed. They're selling, you know, I don't get to, I, I'm not me at all. Have you ever been to an Alabama game? No. I've watched him forever. You know, from day one. Uh, Did I watch a Toledo game? No. Okay, but I watched him, obviously, at Michigan State. I saw him as an assistant. You know, with Belichick. Those was Roy Browns. And ever since. And I'm not going to miss him because I'm going to see him. I don't need to see him coming out of the tunnel. I just need to see him. I love the fact that he's still going to be a part of college football. I'm guaranteed to all our listeners, he will be. You will probably hear him more and see him more on ESPN than you've seen him now.
0: And it's more beneficial to us as fans to hear him like that than it is to hear him in a press conference, maybe after a loss, his curmudgeonly self.
1: Shorter with reporters. We'll learn much more about the sport from this Nick Saban than we did from the Alabama Nick Saban. Not that we didn't learn a lot, but we'll have a chance to learn a lot more and hear a lot more of his expertise and his brilliance. Alabama, obviously, and college football, the sport on the field will miss him dramatically. Uh, But time marches on and what's most important is what the best decision is for Nick Saban. And I love the fact that he made it at the time where he can still enjoy his life. And he made it based on the fact that in my mind, it's going to take so much more for me to continue to achieve at this level. And that except achieving at any level, less than this is not acceptable. And that's what greatness is all about. He's not willing to accept anything less than greatness and he sees it as just being too much for him to continue to do at this level because I can't do what I did at 56 now that I'm 66 and I won't be able to do at 76 what I am at 66 with the same I don't want to say ease with the same effort it will take more effort and do you want to continue to work at the same level as you get older or work harder as you get older. I'm fine with the same level. I don't want to work harder. And that's what you'd have to do. And to his credit, he said, enough time to stand back and give somebody else a chance to carry on excellence at the University of Alabama. There's so many
0: reasons to love this decision. <laughs> I think 1A and 1B are as you've laid out so eloquently in that 1A, the huge part of the one is what the state of college football is now compared to where it was when he was at his peak. That's not to say that he couldn't be successful in today's college football. If you plucked Nick Saban from where he was and threw him into college football when he was thrown into it, I think he goes to the exact same place that he was at his peaks when he got to LSU and really started turning his entire career around. But looking around at what you have to do, what every coach has to do now to put together a dominant product that he's used to doing, the time that you have to put into that sport now is preposterous. You have to be a crazy person to be a coach in general. You have to be an even crazier person to be a successful head coach and a maniac to reach the peak of the sport. And we'll be talking about three gentlemen that were that, each in their own separate way. You got to have a lot of screws loose to want to be at a place for 18 hours, six days a week to put together a winning product on the field all year long every year, year after year. For Nick Saban to be killing himself now in the world of NIL and the transfer portal, as you said, having to re-recruit your team multiple times a year, on top of just the recruiting in general, plus everything else that you just have to put into the product on the field and off of it, putting your coaching staff together, keeping them strong. He's renowned for getting and having one of the best coaching trees in college football and professional history, the guys that have come through that program that are there for a cup of coffee, sometimes win a couple titles and say, okay, I could be a head coach now. Thanks coach. How many times he flipped around his entire staff, offensive and defensive guys gone. And he wins the championship the next year. People don't do that. And that was just commonplace for his team. Oh yeah. He'll probably be gone in two years. Let Steve Sarkeesian land back on his feet. He'll be gone to get another head coach. Like it's just assumed you're a coach for Nick Saban and you're going to be gone within two to three years. Where else does that happen? And the same for the players, your players are going to be so good. You're going to have so many first round picks that you can't even look at recruiting someone for more than the three years they have to play for you. And now you're saying guys could just come and go as they please. Plus you got to pay them again. He could, and he has done it. He'd be fine. But looking around at 72 years old, why you've made 120 or 30 plus million dollars. You've got good health. Your wife has good health. Your kids have good health and your grandkids look around at the world and say, why not enjoy this for a little bit? while still being able to dabble my toe within the sport. I understand that that spark is impossible to put out. That fire is always going to be burning. But eventually it has to happen. And as you mentioned, we've seen too many coaches stick around for too long. Where it just becomes, you feel sorry for them. This became, I can't believe he's gone. Yes. But let's also normalize retirement in your 70s like normal people do my parents are both 70 they've been retired for several years happily so most people get to 65 and say see ya now unfortunately that doesn't happen in some of the most important positions in this great united states some folks looking at nick saban and they are like he's leaving at 72 <laughs> just getting started I got 10 more years left in me at 72. Nobody could say otherwise. Nick could have stayed around as long as he could.
1: Looks ageless.
0: He looks better now than some of the pictures that were going around when he was coaching your Browns when he was with Michigan State with those big glasses, the Coke bottle glasses, the graying hair. I'm thrilled for him as a person to have made this decision as hard as it was. He didn't do a celebratory goodbye tour. Of course, all the anti-Coach K people were thrilled about that. Well, he didn't have his little goodbye tour make us pomp and circumstance all season. He went out on the terms he wanted to. And now he's still going to have a handle in college football. And I will propose to you this as a potential outlet for what he can do. Game day, I think, is a great idea. For starters, but also, if anyone has watched the documentary he did with Bill Belichick, who we'll get into in a second, where they're just sitting around in a basement, feet up, talking football, which they've done for, what, 40, 50 years now? Just with the ease of almost finishing each other's sentences for how they would go about practices or plays, or formations you get those two dudes on a Nick Saban Bill Belichick cast similar to what the Manning brothers do on Mondays for college football Saturdays
1: that's not going to happen though cuz Belichick's going to be coaching which we'll get to in a minute so if we could get not, even if not it,
0: even if it's just Nick Saban which why would he do it by himself but what a i mean you want to talk about Peacock stealing people's money to watch this Chiefs Dolphins playoff game coming up. You want people's money, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban watching a football game and chewing it up. Woo! You learn more about that sport in three hours than you would in three years. I don't think we'll get that. As you're saying, many things obviously no, that's, pop that's up to happen.
1: And but at least, quite frankly, I, said, I don't need—I I don't need that happening. This, ESPN's fine
0: for me. This Nick Saban that will get post his coaching career is going to be great for us as just college football fans. Because now, why bother hiding anything? You just call it like it is. He's mostly been doing that, obviously. But there's coach safe for everything that involves head coaches. That's gone now. So cheers to him. I mean, you can't even read. The stats and the the accolades. There's too many to even pick from. It's Mike more draft picks than he's had losses. You know, just the 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 numbers if you start going down the watering hole and the rabbit hole are incredible. So cheers to Nick Saban, but it shook the college football world up. And now, as you're saying, who takes over next? Because of course we can't just have nice things. Most recently. Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, heard as of this morning, this afternoon, three names that seem to be getting thrown around, some you mentioned. Washington's Kalen DeBoer, of course. Florida State's Mike Norvell and Alabama OC Tommy Reese are some prominent possibilities at this time.
1: I don't see Tommy Reese for a second. Dan Lanning, you mentioned,
0: too, announced this morning via... Social media, he is staying at Oregon, so that took care of to that. To me, heretic.
1: the two most obvious choices right out of the box would be the two guys who need to get out of their conference. You know, Mike Norville, who has just made a killing in the transfer portal, although he lost a ton of guys, He, you know, he he's, he's recruiting incredibly well at Florida State, but they are bitching and moaning about the ACC, as you know. And you know, does Dabo want to stay in the ACC? Yeah, slash what's left of it, or take a shot at going back to his alma mater, uh, which they don't seem to be too keen on. I don't know how
0: he's lost so much favor in what two years? Because he was the oh man, Dabble would be the next guy. He doesn't
1: like. I think a lot of people. I shouldn't say this. My suspicion is that a lot of people, fans, uh, you know, the new age fan. It's going to be very concerned because Dabo doesn't like the portal. Right? Dabo is not high on the portal at all, and it's going to be real tough to be successful anywhere without the portal. Now, Jim Harbaugh, correct me if I'm wrong, and that's one of the things we'll get to, has been very successful. I don't think Michigan's a lot got. That's one of the things I love. What we talked about last week, Michigan's doing it. The forget about the. I don't, you know, asterisk and anybody thinks they're an asterisk there should be an asterisk by these titles an asshole. All right. You know, with the, the the scandals, you know the sign stealing. Come on. Did you see what I see? They went out and they kicked ass and they took names. Old fashioned football. Defend, pressure the passer, cover guys, tackle guys, run the ball, throw it occasionally, run sets up the pass. Guys who come back, guys who aren't out uh, till three o'clock in the morning with guns, guys who aren't driving 130 miles an hour, guys who aren't getting brought up on sexual assault allegations, guys who aren't jumping indiscriminately from team to team through the portal, seniors who come back. Stop me if I'm wrong. You're the one who does the college show. Stop me when I've misspoken. That's the way Michigan has done it. Florida State, it's revolving door. Can you be successful without the portal? Well, the University of Michigan's done it. It's also a first class, very high rated school, university. Coach
0: Harbaugh was given time, which a lot of schools either don't have the luxury, they don't think well, it is Michigan. It it,
1: it, it, It is Michigan. Right. It is Michigan. So, and I know people had a discussion last night with Steve Torrey about how, you know, fans, Michigan fans are tough. I don't think Michigan fans are tough to take. I don't think they're tough to take at all. I'd be, you know, talking my school left and right if I had a school that was that successful, you know, and did it the right way, which in my mind they do. I, I admire that in this day and age. It is to be complimented. It is to be lauded. And I think the concern, my suspicion among a lot of Alabama folks is that the game as it is now, I don't want to say may have passed him by, but that Dabo Sweeney is not up for the way the game is now. And at his age, because he's still relatively young.
0: 55, I believe.
1: You don't want a coach who, at that stage, is, is not ready to dive into what the game has become. Now, is it going to go back to you? Got to sit out a year on at least the second transfer. I believe it is. Is it not? That those have been the court rulings, or were those overruled? Because if it's just going to continue to be the wild west, where you can transfer as many times as you want and not sit out, it's going to be, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. That's why the NCAA has to step in. They have to start regulating NIL. They have to start regulating how often you can transfer without sitting out. They have to put some type of sense of normalcy back, some sense of of, of at least continuity in in programs uh, without it being an ever-changing revolving door every year. It's just, it, 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 it's, I don't want to say it's too difficult for coaches, but it puts so much more on their plate besides the normal job. And, you know, it creates problems for up-and-coming kids because kids that would normally be coming in as freshmen aren't getting scholarships because you know, guys are coming back for sixth years, fifth years, and they're going into established teams who aren't bringing in freshmen as a result of that. So it, it's, it's not good. It's not good all the way around. But, you know, to me, Florida State and Mike Norville, Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, those are two schools who have got, obviously, highly established football programs that are in a conference now that are, you know, constant concerns over its viability as a football conference vis-a-vis the SEC. And, you know, they're now expanded, whatever it is, you know, Big Ten of 16, your conference, which has refreshed 12, is how many now? Fourteen. Fourteen 16. as of now moving to sixteen
0: once OU and Texas leave, Bringing in four more. Hooray, once
1: they leave once they leave. It's now. It's over. Well, for right? football, yeah. Yeah, well that's what we're talking about. Right. All right. So you're sixteen. Sixteen. What what, what 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 what's the Big Ten got now? Sixteen also? I think they're
0: eighteen. I think the 18? SEC is sixteen.
1: In, in any way, the, the point being that you know, these are the two big football schools that are shit out of luck. Right. And neither one of those conferences want them and you know, they're stuck. So what are these coaches to do? Is Norville going to you know, stick it out? Is Dabo going to stick it out? Is he wanted at Alabama? I'm sure Norville would be wanted to Alabama. I can't see them hiring Tommy Reese after his offensive output and play calling against Michigan was, I don't want to say heavily criticized, but suspect.
0: Yeah.
1: Or at least let's be kind and say, I don't think it was one of Tommy's better days. So to me, it's two, it's two guys. And then of course you can always throw in Lane Kiffin, the youngest of the bunch.
0: (laughs) The handsome Um, Lane Kiffin.
1: The handsome Lane Kevin with the beautiful wife. Who's
0: building an incredible, quietly recruiting class and putting a great uh, team together on paper as this is also At different. Ole miss,
1: yeah. which you don't it's not where you win games. But you bad. know,
0: coaches leave, they could come follow you now. If he goes to Alabama, the Alabama players have thirty days, but the Ole Miss players will have thirty days to leave too. How crazy I mean, is that what's
1: really curious to me is whether Alabama would want him because I'd be interested
0: to see if if they'd rather go, well, there's two options. There's should the coach have some sort of tentacle to Nick Saban, or are we just going to go clean slate and build this up or keep it where it is obviously, but just not have any ties really to the, I, I,
1: I, 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 you know, obviously I don't know, no idea just from the outside looking in, I think what's most important to Alabama is excellence. So I think if they ask, they'll ask for Saban's opinion, I'm sure. And I think it will be solely based, knowing what we, our experience of watching Nick Saban, I think his recommendation would be who he absolutely positively thinks is the best person for the job. Yeah. regardless of ties or lack thereof to Nick Saban.
0: Because if he's still going to be walking around, they're most likely going to have him as part of this. Well, he was just interviewing coaches to fill some of the vacancies the day he said he was retiring. So he's not just going to Florida and hiding from all of this. It's just interesting, too, to remember how many hurdles he had to jump when he became head coach where he told the boosters and the board, like, Hey man, we're going to do this, but we're doing it my way. Come along for the ride. And they did. I hope that continues for whomever the next head coach is, Cause that's all you would want is not only do you have to fill Nick Sabin's shoes, but then you got people in your ear on what you should do while you're trying to do it. No, thank you. But you're picking up the phone no matter what. It'll be fascinating on whom they decide, and I'm guessing by the time we speak next week, they'll have a decision made.
1: I don't think they'll wait long, because obviously what you just discussed—the situation with timeframes, yeah—the uh, portal, and you know how much time the Ole Miss players would have in the event it's Lane Kiffin, or the Florida State players if it's Mike Norville or the Clemson players, you know, if it's Debo Sweeney I can tell you one name is not going to be. There's no way it's going to be Kirby smart. There's no way Kirby smarts leaving Georgia.
0: Highly doubt it. Yeah. That's Nick Saban. And it's been great to hear his stories again, reminding everyone he's still alive and well, and he can tell, he'll tell his own story soon enough. We get to celebrate him. We talk about this all the time when we have to do post-mortem stuff. It's great to be able to celebrate him while he can do it with. us.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, we thank him for all the many years, regardless of whether you're an Alabama fan, an Alabama lover, an Alabama disliker, because you're sick of them. One thing I was never sick of is the excellence of Nick Saban. His professionalism with the press, biting at times, of
0: for, course. For the most part, yeah.
1: That, that's, that's, part of, that's part of the pleasure. That's part of the pleasure, not dour, at times difficult. He's entitled, at times forthcoming, at times hysterical, but always professional and, quite frankly, a football and a public relations genius. And he ain't going anywhere. So we many thanks from us sports fans for a tremendous career for giving us thrilling football and look forward to the enjoyment you're going to give us in front of the camera, behind the camera, being a villain
0: sports needs villains. And he was the perfect one for years. Dabo dethrones him with Clemson a couple times. They played each other, what four or five times in a row. It's great theater to watch the best go after it and watch the guys trying to beat the best. Here comes Kirby smart. Here we go. It was like being at a carnival, watching the horses when you're doing the water gun fights, who's going to win. Loved it. So unfortunately we're losing one of that. Who takes the reins? What conference takes the reins, all sorts of things that will be decided, but the first will be who the next coach will be. It'll be an exciting thing. Keep your eyes peeled for red or white smoke above your favorite uh, watering holes if you're in and around Alabama when that decision is made. Two in the National Football League that on paper, if you didn't have a name next to what's happened of late, wouldn't necessarily be surprising moves. But when the name is unveiled, seeing Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll step down slash be told to leave... (laughs) in a 24-hour period, the magnitude of that hits for both. Obviously, Bill Belichick, 24 seasons, six Super Bowls, him and Tom Brady building that team into a hated dynasty for everyone else that's a National Football League fan. Pete Carroll brought USC to prominence and dominance. The Legion of Boom comes to Seattle and wins a Super Bowl and just football guys to the T and almost couldn't be more opposite personality wise, as far as sideline demeanor or post-game press conference lifestyle. Pete, I don't think has lost a step of energy in 50 years time. (laughs) Bill Belichick as curmudgeonly as ever after games before games, during games, outside of games, but whatever Pete's taken, savants. whatever
1: Pete's taken, I want.
0: I'll take some of that. Jesus. Whatever, whatever's in that bubblegum, Pete, send some our way, man. We could use a little extra boost.
1: And, whatever he, you was go flying, on. and he was flying at the press conference.
0: Loved every I, second
1: of I it. I got the energy. I still want to coach. I wanted, I wanted, I was ready to coach this team. I'm ready to coach Look forward to new opportunity. Uh, I feel great. I'm fl- he's flying. Yeah. He is flying. It's as simple as that. You know, Pete. hes the guy who's buzzing around. Uh, you know, USC catching footballs off the dorm. or <laughs> yeah. off the whatever was it off the was it off the library or one of the dorms, whatever. Pete's just—he's loaded for bear, man.
0: He's the guy he's that passes around. you in the hall and gives you a little shove in the
1: shoulder. Hey, man. Exactly. It's a good day
0: to be alive, isn't it?
1: Exactly. All right, Pete.
0: Exactly. I see. You. Exactly.
1: Bella stopping, even look always stopping, always stopping, schmoozing always giving you a pat, yeah. asking how your parents are, asking how your girlfriend is, how'd you do on the test. Yeah. You know, I mean, you talk a dog off a meat wagon, Pete is, and he's fun. And he's another guy. Look, think about this for a second. If you are an NFL owner in need of a coach, you, even though you had a bad year because obviously you fired your coach. Look at the treasure trove before you. So yeah, you were bad, but you got a chance to really hit a home run. If you are the Spanos family, if you are Arthur Blank, Uh, if you are the new Washington owner, Now I'm going to leave new England and Seattle and Tennessee out of this because they let these guys go. And obviously we also add, you know, Mike Vrabel to the mix because you have three coaching candidates in the national football league. One is arguably the greatest coach of all time. The second is one of only three coaches to an international title. He won two of them. A Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, he was a yard away from a second. One
0: one and a quarter, yep.
1: And the other guy is arguably, and thought by many, the best young coach in the NFL. Yep. Invariable. And oh, by the way, don't look now. There may be another guy coming. Who just won a national championship and went seven yards away from a Super Bowl yeah. and went to two conference championships and won one in Jim Harbor? You have the greatest group of head coaching candidates in the history of an NFL offseason. I defy anyone to tell me differently. I've been following the NFL since I was eight years old. So that's fifty say 58 years. I can't remember this gold standard of coaches available. Three of whom have been dismissed, basically. And the fourth who may be coming. If he wants. If he wants. If you're Arthur Blank, you must get one. If you are the Spanos family, you must get one. For Arthur Blank, we know money is no object. For Bob Kraft, we know money should be no object. Now, those to me are the the two most likely fits for Belichick, Atlanta, and the Patriots, Vrabel, because he was there. But Vrabel in Atlanta? If I'm Arthur Blank, I got to get one of these guys. It doesn't have to be Belichick. It could be Carroll. It could be Mike Frabel. If I'm Spanos, as we've talked about before, you want you want Harbaugh, but you know, who's already won championships in Los Angeles? Who's been the king of the town? One Pete Carroll. So you have options. Forget about these guys in Carolina. They're not going to Carolina. Right? We know Belichick's not going, obviously. You know. To New England. Pete's not going to Seattle. Vrabel is a candidate for all of them. Vrabel going to Carolina? No shot. None of these guys are going to Carolina. So where do these guys land? Who gets the Atlanta job, which is really only a quarterback away from having a chance to be really good? They've got the great young running. Well, thought by many, great young running back to be, to be, with their first-round draft pick, they got the big tight end. They got the wide receiver from USA. All you need is a quarterback and then just draft offensive line and of defense because you got the key skill guys. You got the great owner. You want to trade for Justin Fields. You want to offer your eighth pick in the draft and more to get their pick. And draft Caleb Williams? Holy moly. Because you got the skill people. You do that, and you got Bill Belichick, or you got Frebel, or you got Pete Carroll, Arthur Blank, you're going to playoffs in that crappy division next year. I agree. You 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 want to you look, you want to keep your picks, bring in Kirk Cousins for the worst things. I've heard worse.
0: Can't do much worse than what he had this
1: season, unfortunately. You know, early in the year, remember in the preseason, and when they won a couple of games, I said I wasn't that. You know, I, I was I was down on their young quarterback, but you know, he, he he was he he still was a work in progress. I was going to be patient. My patience is gone. I don't think he's got it, and I don't think you can wait. No, it was
0: a bad second half, unfortunately.
1: It's a bad second half. And the the thing is you've got everything else in place. You've got the weapons in place.
0: If you want you those need... old guys to be your quarter or your coach, you can't wait around oh a couple more years Correct. From now.
1: Correct. Correct. Now, could you wait with Caleb Williams? Maybe. Could you because that's Got a pretty yeah. high upside. Right. Um but you know you could go just get cousins if it's the veteran coach. But they'll wait a little longer with Vrabel. You know, Vrabel, maybe you go for the maybe you you're Vrabel uh, and, and you get the, the, your, the hot shot rookie. But if it's Bell, on you know they're gonna love a veteran quarterback. But the point is you know if you are one of these coaches or one of the one of these teams that made a change, uh, and has a, you know, a, a track record of failure. The Chargers, uh, at least recently, uh, obviously the, the Falcons. Um, the Seahawks don't have a track record of failing, but they need a coach. And again, to me, the Seahawks are very similar to the Falcons, except you know one had Arthur Smith and one had Pete Carroll, right? right? And One had a a middling veteran quarterback and the other one had a lousy young quarterback. Um, Seattle's a quarterback away from being really good. Seattle could do the same thing as Atlanta. They could trade for Justin Fields. And have a chance to be really good. They could sign Kirk Cousins. And have a chance to be really good. They could trade up for one of the quarterbacks. And have a chance to be really good. Because you Smith stinks. He's a backup, so, not a starter. So, so, so uh, between the coaching scenario and the coaching musical chairs and the availability of these coaches, of these all time Hall of Fame coaches, and a great young coach in Vrabel. And obviously, you know, Coach Harbaugh, who looks like he's coming, throw all that in with the Bears. Having the first pick and having Justin Fields and Washington and New England right behind them, both needing a quarterback. Will one of them look to trade up one or two spots to make sure they get the quarterback they want, or will they sit tight? Will Atlanta want to move up to one? Will they want to trade Justin Fields? They are in the catbird seat between the Bears situation and. The coaching vacancies and the astounding set of coaches available for those vacancies. This will be the most intriguing off-season in NFL history, and we're not even at the divisional playoff round yet. <laughs>
0: Happen in a day's time. All these scenarios. The
1: games. Games. Playoffs. Playoffs.
0: One great stat among all of these, in 20 seasons from 2001 to 2020, Saban and Belichick coached in 19 title games, 13 championships amongst the two. Astounding. Only once, both of them. And They just went back and forth. Just crazy, if you want to dive into
1: P And Pete Carroll, three NCAA uh, title games and uh, two Super Bowls. Yep. Just a, throw, a little cheer on the Sunday.
0: Your quick prediction then for Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh. You think they will all three <sighs> be coaches this coming season in the National Football League, that is.
1: <sighs> certainly Carroll and certainly Belichick. I, I think Harbaugh, you know, I said all along that he's going to be the Chargers coach. But now you hear rumblings that he might stay. So, and, Car- <laughs> and Harbaugh is Harbaugh. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, I'm not going to say he's strange. He's a quirky dude. He's a funky dude. Not
0: many head coaches after winning a national championship would gather their team in the locker room and sing for he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> and he, you think this, Dude will never make it in the NFL acting like this. And then remember, oh, he was he okay in the National Football League. He did it. He
1: already. He already did. I it. think
0: he'll be okay. He already did. If it. guys are winning, they're not going to care that they're singing the hokey you know my, my pokey California
1: connect, my California connection with him is you know he, he's he, he was the University of San Diego and he basically you know raised that program from the ashes. He did the same at Stanford. And then he went to the Niners and did the same thing with two different quarterbacks. So, you know, with Alex Smith and, um, you know, the, the, the controversial one uh, who he opted for instead of Alex Smith, you know, Alex Smith, uh, who almost won a damn Super Bowl. Um, so he's a brilliant coach. There, there's just no way around it. And he's going to be terrific whether he stays at Michigan or goes into the NFL. Um, I I see Atlanta as the best fit, as I said, for Bill Belichick. I see both Atlanta and the Chargers as great fits for Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, And I see the chargers and I guess you got to say the Raiders cause he's got connections there as, as fits, uh, for Jim Harbaugh. But, you know, to me more chargers. And you know, if you don't get one of these guys, you're making a huge mistake, you know, enough with the slide rules and, uh, you know, the formulas and what are the percentages say, you know, uh, what do the analytics say on fourth and four? You know, analytics are fine. You coach with your eyes, you coach with your brains, you coach with your guts, and you coach on what you see is going on in front of you and with the assistance of your assistants. But, you know, the, the guys with no socks and the slide rules are taking a break. <clears throat> Remember who won the last Super Bowl, you know, Andy Reid. Yep. Remember, we just won the World Series, Boots Bochy. You know, it may be a young man's game, but old men can still coach. So let's keep that in mind. And I think, and, and remember, you've still got Vrabel, who's the young man, who may be everybody's first choice.
0: Yeah, a lot of people Who's assumed he-, he was going back to New England, and then reports started coming out that they, prior to the season, the Patriots started establishing that the successor was going to be Jared Mayo. Yep. So they're putting all that in the wording. I don't know if they'll keep going down that path, but they at least have a precedent. So I for could it, he's
1: see Vrabel in Atlanta or Seattle. Absolutely. Yep. A Lateral Tennessee to, Tennessee to Atlanta. Stay down south. Crazy, better building
0: that's better building
1: better go. building, better owner. You'll get you'll get paid. Like we just said, great roster to work with. I could see Vrabel in any of these jobs. Yeah. Obviously New England, of course. But like you said, I heard the mayo rumors as well. Which also didn't please Belichick too much. And and Bale got a contract extension, I believe a guaranteed contract extension. So, you know, if you're going to, new coach going to come in and, and keep him, fire him, got to pay him. So maybe he is the guy. You know, and, and maybe they just want to do the natural success routine. Stay in house. And I got no problem with that. Yeah. No, no problem at all.
0: I wouldn't hate that at all. No.
1: I'm not going to tell Bob Kraft how to run an organization. <laughs> and, and that leaves Rabel competing for it. Vrabel, look, Vrabel would be good for the Chargers too. Rabel's a great fit anywhere. He's a wonderful coach. Nobody was better than me. Came into my building, kicked my team's ass. We were one seed. With that cornerback? Come on. I I don't understand the ownership at all. No. His players were shocked. They love him. And this guy was in his prime. Coach my team any day. Now, will Seattle pay? I don't know. I don't know. We know Arthur Blank will pay. Spanish family's got to learn to pay. They're going to have to pay. Yes, they do.
0: I'm excited for it, and I'll take the opposite stance. And then
1: then we have Washington. Jesus. And that owner's going to pay. And that owner's going to pay. Pay
0: whatever, just to get somebody to interview with them. So. I will take the opposite stance as someone that was just so staunch on embracing and normalizing, retiring at 72 or 71. If Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll both look around at what's out there, see the offers, take the calls, and then both decide, you know what, we are actually good. Be fine with that, too. Enjoy yourselves, guys. Spend that energy playing pickup
1: hoop at a
0: beach somewhere nice, Pete.
1: And remember, Belichick is chasing a record.
0: 15 away, which seems, I mean, if he stayed in New England, felt impossible. Now, there's still a chance. How many? 15. No. I think he needs 15 to break it. I think
1: 14. No, no shot. He's got to win like 30 games. No, I don't think so. I think so. 33, five games.
0: No. He's at 333, including playoffs. Does that matter?
1: No, 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 no. Forget the playoffs. Playoffs don't count. Regular season wins.
0: 26 regular season wins, twenty six. Yeah, it needs three years. Yeah. It wasn't At getting least. in New England, we can agree. Either one of them was gonna to be tough.
1: He needs three good years somewhere.
0: We can condense our version of your reaction to Jim Harbaugh, formerly mentioned, winning the national championship. Not in convincing fashion. I think the score leads you to believe it was not as close as what it actually was, but the not surprise dominance not to keep using the word not how Michigan made Washington look their worst on offense this season, how they made Michael Penix jr. Incredibly uncomfortable, knocked him to the ground and then just ran the piss out of the football. As they do, they just didn't have on either side offense or defense, an incredible struggle that was going to give Washington a chance. They had to play perfect football. It could have gone into halftime, tied. Washington dropped a wide open pass that probably would have been a touchdown. They had a couple other plays get broken up on offense that were there. Michigan, I to me was just the better
1: team that day. No question about it. There were two ways to look at this. One way was even though Michigan dominated, Washington was you know one big play on three or four possessions away from tying the game. Yeah. And the other way to look at it was, you know, Michigan was dominating and they were one drive away from ending the game. Right. And what eventually happened was the latter. Washington had a couple chances. Uh, they dropped the pass on throw. Uh, there would have been a third down conversion, the, the backup running back. And then in the next possession, uh, on first down when Michigan had an opportunity to go down the field. JJ rolls out, throws a perfect strike to his wide receiver, takes his eyes off it. That would have been a big gain on first down. And that upended that possession. And then Washington has a chance where Pettex finally hits his guy deep on one of his loopers that drops in the bucket. And a questionable I didn't have a problem with the holding call because he grabbed it once and then he grabbed him again and threw him down, but that holding penalty.
0: Watching uh, from home, you're like, they finally got a big offensive play, and, of course, there's a hold. <laughs> it was disappointing in that regard.
1: That short-circuited that, and the next drive, you know, he fin- they, they finally hit the tight end down the middle. Their beloved seam pass. This starts that drive, and the game's over after that. Game's over. Texas just field.
0: watching That's- from That's- home, shaking their head, going, where was this with us? because he has that Texas performance again, they might win that football game.
1: It, it It's a different, a different, much different team. The Texas defense was soft. Very. Their secondary was, was I'll, I'll be kind and say mediocre. We've talked about this before. No pass, we rush. talked about it. We talked about it after the Alabama game. Yep. The thing that was so impressive to me was watching Again, remember, we saw these Alabama wide receivers, which isn't, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner, or it's not Jalen Waddell, or, uh, you know, it's not the the rest of the group that are all over the National Football League or Jameson Williams, uh, et, et cetera. They're all over the NFL. It's guys who, there's no number one picks on Mel Kuyper's list on this Alabama crew receivers. We saw him get open all year in the SEC. best conference in the country. They got open, uh, you know, against Georgia who hadn't lost in two years. They couldn't get opening his mission. Not just when there was pressure, but when, when they had time to throw on his straight and his deep, his deep balls, they were covered like a blanket. The secondary was magnificent, along with the pass rush. This game, the pass rush was constantly putting pressure on him, making him throw it before he wanted to or getting hit, which he didn't like. And you could tell he didn't like it. And he looked in the wrong places a couple times. He made bad throws. He wasn't nearly as accurate. He had some drops, which we haven't seen. Well, maybe we haven't seen it because nobody's hitting these receivers as hard as the Michigan defensive backs and linebackers were hitting these receivers. No yards after the catch. If they catch it, hammer them and tackle them. And they did that from the linebackers to the defensive backs. I said earlier, I don't mean to be a homer, but this is the Ravens' defensive coordinator's defense. It shows. They play defense just like the Ravens. That's a national football
0: league defense. No question about it.
1: Pressure with four blitz at times. Linebackers who can cover and linebackers who can defend the run and tackle hard like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and defensive backs who cover and tackle on these little bubble screens and tackle running backs out in the flat. And that's the way the Michigan defense plays. It was Mike. It looked like a, the blueprint of Mike McDonald's defense, which he basically developed in Michigan and brought to the Ravens. And they were magnificent all year long. They were brilliant against two high-powered offenses in both playoff games, and they played two totally different type of quarterbacks, and they defended both of them incredibly well. Michael Penix was a beaten young man at the end of that game. A beaten young man. They beat up the offensive line. They beat up running backs. They beat up the wide receivers. And, you again, Michigan is to be commended. That defense was leaps and bounds better than the Texas defense that they played and the Oregon defense. It's far and away the best defense Washington played all year, and it showed. There weren't
0: any, oh, if that went the other way, it's a completely different game, or that lost them, that won them. It was just really Michigan going ahead early, having a dude that broke his, like, yards for season in the first two runs of the game. (laughs) Coming out of the woodwork for these two explosive touchdowns.
1: A running back I love, who I think has a chance to be a great pro. pro. Remember, he had a great game against Ohio State a couple years ago but he's basically, you know, the backup,
0: right? Figure it out. Go back to that, throw it a little bit. Like we know what we're doing. And then they figured it out and Washington never really did. They did after halftime, they were able to stop the run on a couple drives, which they're, they're known to do the defense responds, but then Michigan made their adjustments and that was that. And we sang for he's a jolly good fellow.
1: And, and McCarthy finally in the second half used his legs a little more, which I thought he needed to do because he's a very good runner. And he had a couple of very good runs. One, which I thought was really important on their third long, deep in their own territory. He had the long run up the middle for the first down. They didn't score, but they flipped the field. Right. They went from inside their own tent, to outside uh, the four, just inside uh, right around midfield when they finally punted. I thought that was a huge possession. You know, getting out from deep in their own territory back to, to their goal line. I thought that was a huge play.
0: And the Washington special teams decisions to take the first two kicks out of the end zone didn't get to the 25 and then on punts, just letting them bounce and the ball's rolling an extra 30 yards.
1: Well, I mean, Michigan did that the entire portion Catch the ball.
0: So... Fair catch. Get up there. Nope. Get away from it. Poison. Okay. And so then you're 30 yards back farther than you would have been if you just caught it. Curious, just,
1: just fair catch.
0: You it's needed a perfect catch. game, and it didn't happen like it did against Texas. That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, the, all the scrutiny like at, Michigan yes, the, the they won the game
1: at the end of the day. The team that got screwed was Georgia, yeah, plain and simple. Because Michigan, Georgia would be a hell of a game, those are the, in my mind, clearly two best teams all sides of the ball uh, in the country. Uh, Georgia loses to Alabama by three points. Yeah, was Alabama 13? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, Georgia's, excuse me, Alabama's got to drag Texas with them. It's the bottom line. You can't put Alabama in without taking Texas because they beat them. Obviously, they dismantle in, in terms of bodies, maybe half, but a Florida State team that was a disgrace. Uh the old university and everyone should be disgraced. It was pathetic what they did, the stain they put on college football, as we talked about. Georgia was clearly one of the two best teams in the country. And uh they're the ones that wound up getting screwed. So they'll be back next year. Michigan will be back next year. Uh in a much more expanded version of the 14 playoff. I'm sure we'll see them both in the 12 team playoff. Georgia's already reloading. And, um, you know, I'm sure Michigan will be strong too. Obviously the biggest issue is with their coach is going to be. Georgia
0: is where the committee's argument of we're selecting the four best teams came to die. Unfortunately for them. But then as people said, we'll never have to worry about this again with 12 teams. Everything will be fine. There'll never be anything like this. Sure. I'm sure, it'll be great.
1: Thirteenth team will be screaming bloody murder. You wait. Just
0: like,
1: just like this, just like the sixty fifth, and now the sixty nine, the sixty ninth, and 70th team in the NCAA. You basketball.
0: just better have your tiebreakers and all that ready to go because there's no chance this goes smooth always. Not now,
1: now w- will this be a Heather Dinnage production, or will Joel Lenardi do this too?
0: <laughs> we should get Joe to do it like that. Uh, that guy with the khakis on the all the political shows when he does the screen and then they got him to do the National Football League too. Steve. 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 <laughs> That's what we need Lenardi to do. An all year round affair, Joe. You gotta learn the college football playoff too.
1: Got a new job for you, Joe.
0: 66. Now add twelve. For now. Jesus. Who knows how that'll look.
1: Think about how much easier this is, Joe. Only twelve in.
0: Yeah. What's the problem? And we at least know who you are instead of these randoms that show up on the last Saturday this. of the look, season. Look,
1: look, look, look at this one. How far you got to go? There's 12 teams. Okay. Bobble gets you to 16. All right. Last four in gets you to 20. First four out.
0: Okay. We'll, help out. Yeah. we'll help you out. We'll help you out. Whoever wins the conference is automatically in. So those, those are done. You already got yeah. four. Yeah. We'll give you a group of five for whatever reason. Even though those teams stink,
1: we want to include figure them. Out about 20, you, got to, you got about 20 teams to work
0: with. A lot easier, Joe. Less weeks, less games. Come on. <clears throat> I will give you the names of the teams that have made the prestigious wildcard round. I forgot how many games there are this weekend because of the additions. Saturday, the Browns are at the Texans. I'm and picking the, the Texans. The Dolphins are at the Chiefs. Temperatures are at zero, and projected wind chill is minus thirty in Kansas City. That one on Peacock. I won't be watching it. Tell you that right
1: now. I'm going. I'm going with the Texans at home. Different game, I believe. The first time they played, CJ Stroud was not available. Right. And obviously, I'm going with Kansas City in the frigid weather uh, at home.
0: I will. Have this day as my upset day. Browns and Dolphins win. The Browns are favored by two. The Chiefs are favored by five.
1: So the Browns are favored. Yes. All right, so I'm taking the dog. Houston at home.
0: Houston at home. Over under 44 in that one. Over under for Dolphins, Chiefs, 43. <laughs> <laughs> AccuWeather has it. My apologies. Right now they have it at one. But the projection is it's going to go down another degree. Sunday, we've got Steelers at the Bills to kick things off.
1: I have to take the Bills.
0: I as well. They are a 10-point favorite. I don't know about the spread part of that. Is he coaching
1: for his job? Which one?
0: (laughs) How about that?
1: Is Sean McDermott coaching for his job? He might be. If
0: they lose to Mason Rudolph. At home? At home. With all those coaches available. My goodness. <clears throat> they might make that brash of a decision, yes. Packers Cowboys, a thrilling historic game.
1: I, I don't see Dallas you know, lot favored of people, by a touchdown. A lot of people are giving the Packers love in this, no pun intended. The young weapons, the defense. I don't see it. Uh, the, this game to me is, you know, 31 13. I I think Dallas rolls.
0: The Dallas implosion comes, but I don't think it's for this game. Rams and Lions close things out. Lions a three-point favorite. Game of the week. Yeah.
1: Game of the week for me. Matthew Stafford goes home to play the quarterback he was traded for against the team who traded him. So I'm hoping that this is a last possession game. I really don't care who wins except for the fact that i really dig stafford i don't dislike golf i think dan campbell's nuts good football nuts football nuts nuts. it's it's a good it's a good nuts but it's also a bad nuts. right (laughs) it depends on the situation
0: yes it
1: it, it's a good nuts in that his guys love him and his guys play for him and he knows what he's doing and because he was a player and he understands it and his teams always play hard, and he's a good coach, but it's a bad nuts because you know some of the decisions that he makes are just they're bad, and he makes them because he's nutty. He makes them because he's so into it. We're go- we're going for it. You just you can't always go for it. You can't. You just can't. You
0: can only run through a brick wall so many times before it starts to hurt.
1: There's some, There are some shit you just can't go for it sometimes discretion at times is indeed the better part of value value. And like I said, so he's nuts in a good way. He's nuts in a bad way, which means he's nuts. And I think this guy chance to be a terrific game. Um, this is the most underrated set of wide receivers in the NFL with the great Cooper cup. And the, I, I think this kid's going to be rookie of the year. Who's just astounding six foot five. He's two hundred twenty pounds. He runs like the wind. I've seen him get hit like a freight train, and he keeps coming back every time. Size might have something to do with it. Uh, you know, how to bring him young. I won't try and pronounce his name. Puka Nakua. Okay, easier said than done. Yep. And I, I just think he's terrific, and I love Cooper Cup. They got a running back from Notre Dame that nobody knows about. Oh, yeah, they got the best defensive of in, in the last decade in the sport. They don't draft in the first round, but obviously they've shown that they still know how to draft. They, I think, have got a great shot at winning this game. I think Rams, now not... Rams always have kicking issues, so let's keep that in mind. The Rams always have kick. I know it's indoors, but the Rams always have kicking issues. So with that in mind, I am going to go with 30-27 Detroit. I like that. Ah,
0: I will just go the opposite for the sake of the show and pull for the Stafford side. Why pull it for Stafford? Huge ships on both quarterback shoulders for this game. It's going to be crazy and it should be. And then a little bit of a letdown. Eagles are at Tampa Bay <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for a yeah, Monday
0: yeah, night yeah. affair. Oh, the spread for that one is the Eagles <clears throat> by three. Well, yikes.
1: What 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 do the Eagles have to play for? Here's what they have to play for. A miserable finish. Everybody and their mother saying this team is now in a state of disarray. A coach who may be on the hot seat. And remember they went into Tampa a couple years back and got absolutely destroyed in Jalen Hurts' rookie year by the Tom Brady-led Bucks. He's was pretty good. In a game that was over within five minutes. So, you know, they're, 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 players have memories. Teams have memories. So keep that in mind. I just, I can't. Believe Tampa would win this game. I just can't I can't believe it. I mean, they won their last game of the season nine nothing. With their (laughs) playoff life on the line against Carolina, nine to nothing. I mean, you know, Philly's defense is just last in every category. The last half of the season. Could they possibly play that bad against Tampa? who can't score against anybody. Now, as I understand it, Smith is playing. Yep. Uh, A.J. Brown is playing or is not playing. Do we know yet?
0: I don't know for sure. I would lean toward playing, but we haven't heard specifically.
1: And Hertz finger is okay.
0: Uh, It's not great. I guess he had said he shouldn't have come back into the game. That wasn't a good help, but he'll play. Good job,
1: man. See, Philly's got to, you know, first half of the year, Philly ran the ball. They've stopped running the ball. Yeah. They've stopped running the ball. And it's really, they, they throw the ball like 45 times or, or, or a lot, you put it that way. They shouldn't be doing that. You know, it, it, it plays against their strength, which was their offensive line. And their versatility. And it puts their defense on the field way too much. And that's a defense that can't rush the passer like it did last year. They lost their guys, their linebackers. They can't stop the run. They're a mess defensively. And they brought in Matt Patricia to make matters worse, who should be gone in a heartbeat. So... uh, you know, against my better judgment, I'm going to take Philly. You know, 20 to 10.
0: Yeah. I can't see how Philadelphia's mm-hmm. experience doesn't help them here to beat that not great Tampa Bay team. And as you said, they have that memory that could hopefully carry them, but it's going to be an ugly game to watch. Yeah. <laughs> An ugly game to watch, but hopefully we'll get a couple exciting ones. It hasn't been a great year for games, as we've documented on here, far too much. So be ready for some duds and slogs. And don't be surprised if Chiefs-Dolphins ends up being the highest scoring game when everybody thought it wouldn't. Sometimes that's how it goes.
1: that, That obviously is intriguing simply because of the weather.
0: And what a fall from grace it would be for the Dolphins slash the Chiefs figuring it out at the right time when they've been up and down this year.
1: Well, it would be a fall for grace from both teams, quite frankly. You know, for, for Kansas City shouldn't say that Kansas City, yeah. A, a disappointing regular season the way they've had, but still have a home game in the postseason and lose to a warm-weather team when it's zero degrees, that would be very disappointing. A, bang, a banged up warm weather team yeah very banged up on defense
0: needless to say we've got excitement ahead for the games actually on the field and excitement coming for the off the field coaching hires fires whatever's next on the fire for the sport so nothing circles the wagons quite like the national football league and that certainly continues al it's always a pleasure we'll do it again next week
1: it's the league that never sleeps folks my partner the great John tiny Lawn. I am Al Renato, a.k.a. Al from White Plains. Enjoy the playoffs. Have a great sports weekend,
0: everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at SportsRadioAmerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.